welcome to this episode of the Next Guy Up podcast, starring Ten Zach and myself, Mason. Let's on go. a on a weekend preview episode, we are super pumped. We have so much sports, sports on top of sports, and we can't wait to jump in and get ready for this upcoming weekend, upcoming weeks, months, year. We're pumped. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're 21 days away from football as of tonight. Showtime. And we have so much to talk about, and we're we're ready for it. What do you guys think? What's your most uh, what's something that you're most excited about? We got we had some fancy football that we had going on, and now we got some college and football coming up soon. I think I think I was very excited. Anthony Richardson's been named the starter because um, I'm going to their first game. That the Jags open up the season up in Indy. Nothing like first rookie quarterback start. You know, it shouldn't go too well for him. Just expose him. Are they still just three and a half point favorites? If so, I might be taking that when I get off the get off. I don't know. Last time I saw it, I've got it at three and a half. So but I've had it locked in for a while now. I'm taking a look right now as we speak. Zach, go ahead and uh say something while I'm looking. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Well, so we did so this past weekend we did have our fantasy football draft. Uh, which is which is a pretty big ordeal uh, in our in our league. It's like we talked about it a little bit last week. It's a pretty long standing league. We got a lot of our friends in it, and so we kind of all get together and have a party. We also talked about the uh, slightly controversial decision to uh, do all of our picks on a big board. Uh, one person in particular who I know listens <laughs> to this podcast had a had a pretty tough time. <laughs> that would be my dad. Uh, <laughs> boy, you should see. Team, it is it is something else. Let me tell you. <laughs> he went from drafting only old guys because he knew who they were to <laughs> drafting rookie wide receivers from the Vols. <laughs> he got a he picked up Aaron Rodgers in like the fourth round, I think maybe fourth or fifth round. Fourth or was, fifth, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, he was like, you know what? We're doing it. We're only picking guys who've been in the league like 10 years plus, and he stuck to his guns. Derrick Henry started, was his first pick, I think, right? First round pick, yeah. yeah. It start, he took Aaron Rodgers because he tried to take Lamar Jackson, and I said, Robert, he's already been drafted. And he, he got mad and was like, well, fine. I don't care anymore. Between boy, Zach- it, went, it went really downhill at that point. <laughs> Between Zach and Robert, neither of them, they were draft players that were drafted like three rounds ago. They would use their whole time clock. It was pretty entertaining. (laughs) I was all about it. But um, real quick, the Jags are still three and a half point favorites. And I would like to also add that Robert already dropped Cedric Tillman. He did. Which he dropped him already? Yeah. Yeah. He should have kept him instead of Hyatt. Because he got him too. He drafted Hyatt. I think Tillman has a bit, bit more upside this year. Yeah. He's more of an NFL style wide receiver, I think. Yeah, but it was definitely fun. It was it was fun doing the picks like that. I mean, it's it's very easy to miss a player. I, it happened to me. I I thought uh, Swift was gone. I went up there and picked George Pickens, and Zach comes running. He's like a GM who the the team in front of him <laughs> picked the picked the wrong guy. And Zach was like, I "Give me John J. Swift, please." And I was like, I spazzed out. I was like, "Oh no!" I thought he was gone. Now my running back situation kind of sucks. The look so. in Tins's eye whenever I said DeAndre Swift's name at right I after he lost it. Oh, so mad. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment in my life. <laughs> it's the last thing I needed was another receiver. 
I didn't know Swift was still <laughs> laying around, but it was fun. I mean, we definitely had some guys go way later than they probably should have. Some guys go way too early, but uh, I mean, for the most part, ADP was was still pretty accurate. Most of us had cheat sheets and and things like that. I mean, Robert didn't. He he, he was just nope, he did not that is going off the name off the dumb. dome. But the, well, the situation is that I, I feel like if he if he replaces a couple players, you know, there's a chance he could come through and still have a good season. I feel like it always it's fantasy's weird like that. You know, your draft can go one way and then two or three guys get injured, all of a sudden your team is terrible and somebody else has a player who goes off and then they're all of a sudden good. And it's just it's a weird, weird thing, fantasy football. The only downside of us, you know, as we all do get together for the draft, and that does make planning it a little hard where a date works for everybody. We did draft super early, and unfortunately somebody in our league did draft Brees Hall pretty early. And uh, unfortunate news, if you're drafting Brees Hall, and then Traylon Burks luckily didn't go down with a major injury yesterday, but he, he drafted him to be his like receiver too. So it's always scary doing these drafts this early, but – it's yep. definitely worth it. That way we can all be together and do it. Like a couple days span right after the draft, we had news broke during the draft about Jonathan Taylor, which then he ended up not going, and now he's away from camp again. But at the time, we were thinking, oh, man, that was a steal. And then Traylon Burks went down, Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots, and Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. So there was like a whole lot in with 48 hours after we did all that. And it was like chaos in a sense, but I didn't mind. This was probably the earliest we've drafted in a really long time. I do remember one time we drafted during the hall of fame game, which is the first preseason. And that's probably the earliest that we've ever done. And I, all, the only reason I remember that is because we had, we were watching it while we were drafting. Yeah. But when it comes to the, this type of draft, it was wild because usually I get up. I always do it on my phone, which a bunch of the guys make fun of me because everybody else has their big fancy laptops. And here I am with my phone, but I could go get snacks or I could go to the bathroom and I can still keep up with my the draft. And my. But this, you could not go anywhere. You had to sit because you wanted to mark off whether it was my through laptops. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of those things. And the then like break. Yeah. People would come in and like. I felt bad because my wife, she would come in and she was like talking to me and I was like, wait, hold on. Who just got drafted? And it's, it's, it's kind of tough because you got to keep up with it constant. Like you can't, you literally are zoned in, which my idea next year is if we do the board again, maybe we sync it because I know we can do this because I used to sync random dumb videos to the Robert and Sonia's TV but you just sync something to the TV and have like a big board, like what's available left on like yeah. on the TV. And that way people can see what's best available at the time. If they don't want to keep up with it, it's just a thought, you know? Yeah. We'll, but, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if everybody will want to do it that way again. Some people liked it. Few people didn't. I mean, so we'll see. I mean, it's tough. We got one guy who's in Seattle, so that makes it hard. He was doing over FaceTime, which I mean, his his team. He had a pretty not, good draft, yeah. Yeah, he did have a good good draft. He but, kept uh, up with what players were drafted more than some of the people that were here, like Zach over here. <laughs> he was very true. Uh, he didn't time out. He didn't draft a player that was already drafted. So <laughs> give him props for that. Uh, well, why don't before we move on, why don't we do like a if you had like a one minute summary of your of your strategy and maybe some highlights mm-hmm. of your team, what you feel good about. Who, who you're really going to lean on you this year. Tins, why, why don't you go? 
Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. I'm banking on him to continue to dominate the tight end matchup every single week. And then I'm really looking at my receiver group to carry me. We do start three. Uh, my my running backs are a little weak because Mason took Travis Etienne from under me. Um, Sorry. But I did get Mike Evans and Scary Terry and George Pickens kind of later. So hoping those three guys with Amon Ross at Brown uh, can mm. can take me back where I belong, which is not last place. <laughs> so I usually go heavy on running backs and surprise. Uh, it's true. I went heavy on running backs once again. <laughs> I went uh, Robinson, uh, Tony Pollard, and Travis Etienne. And then I am looking for wide receivers that are haven't that haven't proven themselves, but are hopefully like in the right time in the right spot for a breakout, which would be Chris Olave, Jerry Judy. Well, Tyra Lockett's had breakout times, but anyways, I, I did not wait until tight end until like the third to last pick, which my last two picks were a defense and kicker. So I went with Luke Musgraves, but, and Justin Fields was my steal of the draft, which Zach agrees with. Cause he was just sure. sitting there in like yeah. the eighth round. And I was like, yeah. and I, I think I kind of snapped him before the player next to me got him, but uh, I'm really happy with that. We'll see what happens. I usually don't. Sometimes I've even waited longer for a quarterback, but it just felt if he was going to be taken before that, I was going to wait until one of the very last rounds. There's a pretty like, big drop off. I feel like after yeah. Justin Fields and Justin Herbert, it's good. It's just pretty the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? How'd you do? You know, I don't know. I I uh, executed my strategy. I was I was drafting third, and so in a lot of my mock drafts, I did. My goal really was to take one of those top three guys. Obviously, I ended up with um, Austin Eckler uh, at pick number three, which I think was a great pick. I think he's going to be a great running back. And I really wanted to get a running back, wide receiver, and then hopefully get one of those top three quarterbacks by my third pick. That was kind of my that was always my strategy. I wanted to. Elite running back, an elite wide receiver, and elite quarterback. So I got Austin Eckler, my first pick, coming back around. Uh, I got Devontae Adams with my second pick. And then my third pick, uh, Jalen Hurts, got to me, which Patrick Mahomes got reached for pretty early in our draft. And so. Second round. Uh, yeah, the second round. So I'll I had a, second round. Yeah, it was pretty early, which I knew was going to happen with our league. So I kind of had a choice between Jalen Hurts and um, uh, Herbert's face. Now the oh my gosh, Justin Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson. Jackson. No, the um, <clears throat> the Bills quarterback. Oh, who is oh that, that famous, overrated guy, Josh that's Allen. Um, overrated. Piece holy of cow! Junk. I blanked on his name. Uh, yeah. So I had a choice between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen had a huge year last year. So I think there's a little bit more question marks around him and whether he can repeat that performance. And so I picked Jalen Hurts, who I think is going to just score an enormous amount of points on, with his feet. And uh, I think the Eagles are going to be really good. So that was where I went with that. And then after that, I had a couple other risks. I had I picked up Javante Williams. Um, hopefully he ends up having a good season after maybe a couple weeks off with his injury and stuff. So we'll see what happens. No, pretty usual. Zach. Zach's team is like every time Zach's drafted the last few years, I'm like, I just want his team. Like, just let let me put Trevor Lawrence on that team, and then just trade me, and then because Zach's drafts, I don't know. I've always I'm always envious of his team. Thanks, Tins. But every year I come up short. 
because I suck at keeping up with it. That's, that's always my downfall. Tins is like the guy who makes like four trades a week and he's trying to just wheel and deal and, and make his team better. And my team is, by the end of the year, his team always looks like so different from the beginning. Yeah, that's so someone here. Somebody told me that after draft, he's like, "How many of these guys are going to be on your team by the end of the year?" I said, "Well, I've got Trevor. <laughs> I got yeah, I got Trevor, and I've got Calvin Ridley. So those two are locks, but probably, probably not very many. Not even okay. Travis Kelsey's safe." A couple years ago, Tens, you and I did a compare because we could look up what your draft was compared to your final like week yeah. on the roster, and I think you had zero players that uh, you drafted were still on your team. That's fair. That's fair. That's what you want. <laughs> Just trading, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really happened in our league, though, is everyone is scared to trade with Tinsley now. And so yeah, it's really true. hurting Tinsley's strategy. Slowed down <laughs> the last few years. <laughs> I think everyone's always just like, hmm, I feel like if Tins offered me this trade, he knows something that I don't know. Or maybe, and so skeptical to trade with him on average. Yeah, it's tough. So there's, there's a couple guys left. Really just Josh. He's the only one that will trade with me. <laughs> so it is what it is. I'll just, I'll just stick by my team one year. Maybe I'll win finally. Again, it's been, it's been a drought. Well, we've had oh. a lot of uh, sports big news. Did you have anything else, Zach? I was going to just mention Tinsley's new uh, team name. As oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we can't recently. forget that. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, as as getting a uh, part of the punishment for last place in our league, uh, the first place person, who in this case was Jake, gets to pick the last place person's team. In this case, uh, what did he pick, Tins? Can you? Can uh, you for the, for yeah. The so I had to name my team "Tighten Up" with three exclamation marks. Um, Usually, so, if there's three exclamation marks, you have to say it with like emphasis. So you got to like scream, "Tighten uh, a, up!" This is a free country, and I'm not saying it. <laughs> Dumb crap. It's um, tighten up like the worst team motto of yep. all time. Yeah, it might be. It's pretty. It bad. might be. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty like bad. It's like we we cheated off somebody in a group. It's like a group <laughs> project. We did. We just tighten up, and then a raccoon as our mascot. Yeah, there's, so much, there's so many cool stuff like traditions around the league, and it's, that's per usual for the Titans. You guys stole these cool uniforms from the Houston Oilers, and then now you're very cool. You're you got this dumb saying, "Tighten up." I mean, you guys are just lame. You guys are lame. You guys are lame. Last I checked, according to your fantasy team, though, you're a huge Titans fan. Yeah, wait till I get my picture, my profile picture for my team up. No <laughs> one got to pick that. It's me only, and I've got some. I've got some stuff cooking. Oh, no. None of you are gonna like it. You're all gonna wish I didn't <laughs> have my team name this. All I know is I might throw the championship game if I'm there because I'm not having my name on the trophy. <laughs> Stupid name. It's true. It would have to be that according to the rules. It's <laughs> gonna throw it. That's hilarious. Don't, don't put it past me. So we've had a jam pack week or past couple weeks of like sports news. I'm gonna kick us off. This just in. If you have kids, teach them to play soccer. On August 15th, Neymar signed a two-year contract with Saudi Pro League Club. Neymar signed a $326 million contract. Here's what Neymar will receive in his contract. $87,000 for each win. That's just, that's literally like pennies compared to the rest of the, uh, or to the rest of the contract. Get this, Zach. 
$543,000 for each social media post from his account, which promotes Saudi Arabian club or just promotion in general. A half a million dollars. You have no idea how many posts I would be making. Every so here's day. the thing. I looked it up. There's no, there, there's no, uh, uh, we're not aware if there's a cap or not. So there might be like a post uh, every month, a post every day, or could you just make constant posts throughout the whole entire, like as I many as you want. It's putting out so much content for me. That, that's probably the easiest. Think about it. He's playing a whole, a whole game and he only gets 87,000 if they actually win. But for someone else that's not even him to make the social media post, it's, he's probably got a team that will make it. He will get half a million dollars, which is just crazy to me. Uh, according to various source, sources, Neymar has been offered three luxury cars, namely a Bentley, an Aston Martin, and a Lamborghini. Additionally, he has also received four Mercedes G-Wagons and a Mercedes van. I don't know why he needs four of those. That's still not it. How much would the Saudis pay us to sponsor them in this podcast, do you think? Well, if it's Let's even if it's even like <laughs> 1% of what Neymar just got, because like I said, I'm not done yet. A private okay. jet, which is available to him whenever he wants. Heck yeah. To go wherever he wants. And then also to mention, Neymar is also given a mansion. I don't know if it's given like completely or just while he's there. A mansion with 25 rooms, which also has a swimming pool and a dedicated staff with it. Hmm. Talk about luxury. Talk about That's something. insanity. I also looked it up, and uh, his was one of, I think his is like the top contract when it just came to money, not even like the extra stuff that came with it. So that's pretty wild. That's like an amount of money. Up. That's just like, what are we doing here? You know, like, how can you even use that much money? You can't, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why the, the owner of like the club, like I, you're just at a point where you're just like, I literally, I, I'm, I'm trillions in like, this is pennies to me. Yeah. So I'm just going to go get the best. Cause I think they, I think the Saudi uh, teams like pro team offered this to Messi and what was that other soccer player we talked about? Mbappe. Yeah. So finally got one of the, the big star players and offered mm-hmm. a lot. Which logistically, if you compare it to Neymar, I don't, or not Neymar, uh, Messi, I still am wondering if Messi's is even, because he has like a percentage ownership of the Miami uh, football club, but it's just, <laughs> it's kind of fun to compare. Do you see that, that game in Nashville coming up pretty soon? And yep. tickets are like $600 like to get in the door? Just to get in the door. It's wild. Crazy. <laughs> I saw like lower insanity. level was like $11,000. Imagine <laughs> if you were just like a a season ticket holder you, you could sell it, your yeah. ticket and then you could probably like buy a car with that much if someone actually i'm sure there's somebody out there that is the same like doesn't money is no like no worry to them so they're just going to spend eleven thousand dollars on one game to see messy and then you're just like oh i'll just turn around and buy a, a car with that or part of a car it's pretty wild he has been crazy though. You just watch his highlights and stuff, and it's just like he's on a different he's playing a different sport than everybody else is on the field. It's just running. Yeah, no. I mean, what he's doing is nuts, you know. I saw where if you if you bet ten bucks on him to score a goal and you just rolled it over every game since he's joined the MLS, you're up like five hundred dollars. Heck yeah. 
<laughs> in like six games. That's wild. That's crazy. Wild stuff. Soccer, huh? Soccer, soccer. huh? And that was our uh, soccer, uh, soccer news segment. Of really, yep, for the whole season, probably. Hey, that's we more than most. That's more than most broadcast. That's true. You're it's right. pretty good. All right, Tins, what's your uh, news of the week? We we alluded to it a little bit earlier. Since we're talking it's fantasy season, there's a lot of running back news this week. We kind of talking about it last week, about these guys holding out. Um, we still have some holdouts. J.K. Dobbins still not reporting to camp, even though they cleared him from the PUP list. Jonathan Taylor showed up, but then has an excused absence for personal reasons, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. That whole cult situation is just getting messier by the day. I hope everyone is on under five and a half wins at plus 180 because it's going to cash so nice and easy for everyone. And then um, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott and um, Dalvin Cook signing with the Patriots and the Jets, really kind of spreading these veteran running backs around. And it looks like Cream Hunt and Leonard Fournette are next looking – Looking like they're going to end up with the Cowboys and uh, the Colts, too. They're kind of looking and maybe the Saints. So a lot of running back news. I'm sure there'll be some more changes in and out as the season gets closer for these veteran guys to pick up on a team. I just think that it's one of those things that you need to look at, okay, how valuable are running backs and we need to change this. Because you're looking at uh, all the other positions and they're not undervalued like this position is. I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to have to talk to the owners and get this changed. But apparently what's happening, and we've talked about this in the past, but the franchise tag is so undervalued. So what it's supposed to be, right, is like a percentage of the franchise tag is from the, the highest paid player. So what's happening is, is now, now that all the running backs are getting paid a low amount, and they're almost disposable, then that franchise tag price is going down, correct, Tins? Am I, yeah. am I butchering anything? No, no, there? yeah, no, you're right. Um, I know the new CB, the, the new deal, they're talking about shortening the length of running back contracts for draft picks. So instead of being a five-year deal, it's a three-year deal, so maybe they can hit free agency while they're still in their prime. It's just one of those things. It's – I don't know how you can avoid it. Running backs get used so much, and they're the one position where the more you use them and the better they like produce, the the more their value falls off because it is just a position that gets beat up. So it's very interesting. I, I Like these veteran guys, I mean, they both signed one-year deals for a pretty good amount of money. It's pretty incentive-based. But guys like Cream Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette right now are former Pro Bowl players, and they can't – they're not on a team. They're waiting for an injury to happen before they can get a job. So, I don't know. It's definitely interesting. It's something I like to keep up with. Running backs, like my favorite, like my favorite players growing up, have all been running backs. So I've always just had an interest in them. So it's been definitely interesting to keep up with. I hope they do something to where running backs aren't going to hold out every year, and it's it's not a position that we lose. Well, because like Todd Gar- Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, if you think about them, they were the best at their time, and they just didn't have a, like a very long like lifespan career. Like I saw something where it was like all of these players were like Pro Bowls, and it was like four or five years ago, Pro Bowl running backs, and they're not even in the league right now, like on a on a team. It's pretty wild how 
how short instead of put instead of uh, raising your kid to be a running back in the league you need to raise him to be a, another football soccer player, player. A soccer yeah. player yeah. <laughs> good stuff tens thank you all right thank you last press release of the day it's kind of a it's kind of a hefty one we are gonna dive into the college football world a little bit uh we are mere weeks away from some of our kickoffs and and things happening we're super excited about that uh and <clears throat> with that comes our ap top 25 got released and so if we want to just uh break down a few things happening there let me uh, let me just kind of run down the top of the list, and then we'll hit some maybe some high points. I think we got some takes for it. Uh, top ten, just really quick, is Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, Washington. And just reading that, you're like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's almost a name recognition situation where it's like, oh, I think Ohio State should be in the top five. I think Michigan should be in the top five. And so, I don't know. It's always something to look at. But uh, you mean your your top ten or kind of your who's who, maybe with the exception of Washington, popping in the number ten, which is pretty cool. But other than that, we have um, a lot going on there. <clears throat> we are obviously Tennessee people here, and so Tennessee clocks in at number 12, which is a decent – a decent couple of spots dropped from the coaches poll that came out a few weeks ago. It's like three spots down. Uh, and then right below us, uh, Tennessee is Notre Dame right above Tennessee is Texas. So we have a lot, I mean, a lot of huge names up there at the top. Uh, I, does anything jump out to you tens when you see all those names there? Yeah. I, I see a lot of teams that we don't know who's starting at quarterback for sure in the top 10 you've got Georgia who hasn't named a starter Ohio state and, um, and oh, I'm blanking. Where did they go? Uh, shoot Georgia and Oh no. Run through the top 10 again. I'm so sorry. Ohio state. Yeah. 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 Alabama, Michigan, LSU, state, Alabama, LSU, USC, Penn state, Florida state, Penn state, Kentucky. Penn state, sorry, Penn state, Penn state, Ohio State and Georgia have not even named their starting quarterbacks yet. I mean, they're talented teams, but I don't see where Penn State showed enough last year where they can just roll into this season with question marks at quarterback and as many defensive pieces as they lost in the draft and just say, oh, no, we're a top-10 team, where I, I don't see where they can be above Tennessee. Tennessee should and Penn State should be swapped. Kind of, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think Tennessee is being undervalued a little bit here. I know that there's maybe a quarterback question somewhere out there, an offensive line question possibly. It is pretty crazy to have dropped as much as they did. Um, I think the thing that sticks out most when you first look at this, maybe the team that is, is most interesting in that list is uh, Florida State sitting at number eight. Uh, obviously they have that huge week one matchup, which will be the premier matchup of, of week yeah. one without a doubt with LSU. And they played last year, Florida state won a very close game. That was early in the season when LSU was still kind of teetering. And then they really kind of picked it up after that Tennessee game really is whenever they started kicking into gear and they, their second half of the season played much different than the first half of their season. So I think that's going to be a, a really good and fun game to see where we're at. I expect LSU to kind of run away with it. To be 100% honest with you, it's a, it's in LSU. Yeah. I think they're coming in with some 
with some pretty big expectations for this season. I just don't see Florida State coming in and doing very much against LSU, just to be honest. The line is like minus two and a half for LSU right now. But um, I would, in this situation, I think I'd definitely take the LSU line. Be a fun game, though. Fun first. There's not a lot of other interesting first weekend matchups. Yeah. To be if, if it's the LSU team that we saw after the UT game, I definitely agree. Because, like you said, the start of the year was a little rough. New quarterback, Chip, you know, Kelly, Brian Kelly taking over. Um, it was just rough to begin with. But he's a great coach. Yeah. They've I think they've straightened things out. Uh, I know that you, you kind of gave him out as a sleeper as far as national championship and that's going to start week one. If, if they, yep. some, if they drop that game, it makes it a little bit tough because the SEC West is very, I mean, yep. Bama might be down, but Bama is still pretty, pretty tough opponent to be going up against. So yep. you don't want to have an early season loss and still have Bama on the schedule coming up. So that's definitely going to be the best of the early season games. Cause I think that Ohio state Notre Dame matchup, as much as I'm not an Ohio State I think guy, week like is that week three? Right, yeah. If, but like as it far as early, early season, right? Yeah, early season, like early kind of maneuvering for playoff spots. I think Ohio State just just is going to kill them. Ohio Notre Dame, I I couldn't be lower on. Notre Speaking Dame. of Notre Dame, that was just I was going to talk about Notre Dame today. Um, boy, so I I, I kind of stumbled upon this list where it talks about. It shows how far up or down teams fell from the end of season poll at the end of last year. Um, speaking of Tennessee, they dropped uh, six spots, which, I mean, we did lose a potential Heisman winner if he didn't get injured. We lost uh, a couple of NFL wide receivers and a top, like a top first round draft pick uh, offensive lineman and Darnell Wright. But dropping six spots is seems tough, especially let's, let's listen to a couple of these other jumps that happened and then just listen to the names of the teams that jumped. LSU jumped 11, 11 spots, which I mean, I think they're going to have a good team. Uh, USC jumped six spots. Texas, guess how many spots Texas jumped? Oh no. 14 spots. Dang. From the end of last year to the beginning of this year, it went from 25 to 11. I'm guessing because of one Manning that's now a freshman on campus. But he's, but he's not he's starting to play. Not... I, don't, I don't know. This happens every year, which is what I, Texas, this happens yeah. literally every year where Texas jumps up and it's like, oh, here we are in the top 10. And then they're just going to. We're back. Yeah, they're back. Texas is back, guys. Except it's the wrong Texas because I don't know if you were around a few Fridays ago, but it's Texas Tech winning the Big 12, everybody. Texas Tech is back. Uh, Notre Dame also jumped five spots up to number 13. Um, and so we have a couple of big jumps by those, some of those names you just hear all the time, but, uh, Notre Dame, interesting. We, we kind of trashed on Notre Dame a little bit last year, uh, quickly. Cause I think we're going to stop hearing about them about halfway through the season after a couple of games that they're just going to lose and get smacked around. Um, I think with them not being in a conference, it really makes it to where they have to be very, very good to be considered. I mean, maybe one loss, but you get the second loss. And their schedule is like the softest schedule of all time. But then you ha- you play Ohio State on September 23rd. Then they have to play USC October 14th. And they play Clemson November 4th. That's, that's three I L's. mean, it's three, it's three L's and then every other game is going to be like 40-point wins. Because <laughs> the schedule is so soft other than that. Uh, so, and so it's really an interesting case study in Notre Dame's schedule this year. 
Sorry, Mason. Notre Dame's uh, team total is eight and a half. So eight and over a half eight, wins? Yeah, eight and a half. Over eight and a half is minus 135. Under is plus 115. So get plus money. So I'm going to go plus money hunting. Well, I will say, so this was, I, I was thinking about making this my future. I'm just going to say it now because we're talking about it. Um, Notre Dame, and this is the opposite of plus money hunting. Their odds to make the college football playoff. Number 13 in the nation, but they're, or, yeah, they're number 13. Their odds to make the college football playoff is minus 800 to not make it. <laughs> I'm taking it. Oh, I'll make wow. I'll I'll bet a hundred dollars and make what like two like th- I, yeah. I'm so confident that they're not making the college football playoff this year, and I don't know <laughs> who continues to put them in the top in the up and just bump them up. I guess just because they know they have a big fan, but whatever. This I don't understand how this continues to happen, but it does. There's my rant. I'm done. No more Notre Dame talk the whole year because they're going to lose. Ohio State, and they're going to get snacks around, and we're just going to forget about all this ever happened until next season when the AP poll comes out and they're back there, number 13, number 10. Guys, this is the year for Notre Dame. Oh, no. We did talk about them last week as well. So. We did. I know. I know. We're like tens over here with the Jags. I'm not going to talk about them, and then we talk about them. I didn't talk about the Jags for two episodes. <laughs> makes me so mad. Okay, I'm, I'm done ranting. Done ranting for Notre Dame. Well, speaking of college football, do we have any more? Because I'm ready for my trivia question. We can, we can, let's go. I'm done right Okay. Speaking of preseason AP polls, since the year 2000, Alabama has had the most AP preseason number one rankings with seven times. Mm-hmm. Are we both ready? Yep. With which college has had second most number one rankings since? The year 2000. 2000. First of all, while y'all are thinking, I do have... Uh, let me give... Well, let was me give out pre-season? the... Was this preseason rankings? Preseason rankings. So I'll, I'll give out... I do have uh, I do have some options here. Oh. Is it A, Clemson, B, USC, C, Ohio State, D, Miami? While y'all are thinking, what is our... What's our overall record, everybody? Oh, let's. I'm like six and one. Six and one. I'm like one and six. We're we're living the tough life over here. I'll be honest with you. Okay, so I'll go over it one more time. A. Clemson. B. USC. C. Ohio State. D. Miami. The most number one rankings behind Alabama. Hmm. Can you tell us how many it is? What's the number? Sure, I'll give a I'll give a number four. Okay, I've had four. Number okay. one AP. Okay. I think right. I got my, my guess. All I'm, right. Lock them in. I'm going to go D. Miami. Miami. Zach, what's yours? There's no way. Uh, I'm going with USC. The answer is B, USC with four. Dang. They were ranked There's number the one. Bush, Matt Liner era. They yeah. were, they were yep. elite. Yeah. You are correct. Uh, they were ranked number one in AP preseason poll in 2004, 2005, 2007, and 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like the Clemson one, I feel like they all every time when they were pretty good, they were always competing with Alabama, and I feel like Alabama always ended up over them. Yep. Whenever yeah. Clemson was like doing their thing, which they still, I mean, they're still a great team. And I think yeah, you're, come out, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, they had a freshman quarterback win the national championship. Oh, who was that? Tins, that's weird. 
Oh, I don't know. I didn't know you were a big Clemson guy. Big Clemson guy. <laughs> big supporter. Well, that it's was Trevor my Lawrence. Anybody doesn't know. <laughs> Here we are back on the Jags. I was. I went Miami. I, they had all those really good early two thousands, and it was more like late nineties, like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, yeah. those crazy teams. But uh, I risked it for the biscuit, and I failed. I burned them. We're back, baby. We're going to get this record back in shape. Uh, So I have a part two for trivia. Are you all ready for it? Some NFL. And this is going to lead into my my future Friday as well. So which NFL team led the league in total interception touchdowns in the 2022 season? Is it A, Patriots, B, Eagles, C, 49ers, D, Bears? They're both, like, puzzled. I think it's A. Zach? I'm going with the 49ers. And the answer is A, Patriots. Ah, We suck again. Yeah, because their offense sucked so much, their defense had to go and score for them all the time. <laughs> they had five interceptions that ended with a touchdown. Mm. Speaking of interceptions, I'm going to go with a future here that is not offensive-based. It is on the defensive side of the football, and I'm super pumped about this one. For all those that have doubted me, faded me in a parlay, <laughs> Whatever you want to say, I'm not going to say your name. But for those that have not agreed with any of my picks, please take this one for the love of everything. This is the one. Wow. This is the one. It only took me seven, eight episodes. What? How many episodes are we in? This is number nine. And then how many episodes have we not had a layoff? Nine episodes. We're, nine we're 100%. Episodes. 100%. All right. So this is JC Horn over... One and a half defensive interceptions. If you're wondering, hmm, Mason, who's JC Horn? Good Great question, question person, fan, Billings fans out there. Thank you. Great question, Zach. Yep. JC Horn is the starting cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. He had three interceptions last year. Hmm. Here's the thing that caught my attention. We've already talked about this in past episodes, but the NFC South has what kind of quarterback play tens? Pretty hot garbage. Hot garbage quarterback play. Uh, Their quarterbacks that they play twice in a season is possibly Desmond Ritter, Derek Carr, and either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Who really cares? They're both going to be garbage. Good stuff. (laughs) But wait, there's more. The Panthers (laughs) also play against a quarterback that tied for most interceptions last season and only played 15 out of the 17 games or what was it, 14 out of the 17, something like that. He didn't play as many as everybody else, and he tied for interceptions. And that guy's name is Dak Prescott. Horn will also have a chance to play and get his interceptions against two rookie quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, which Tinsley loves that guy, apparently. Just kidding. He's not a fan. And Uh, C.J. Stroud. I am a fan of Anthony Richardson. I I hope they start him for years to come. Well, he's JC Horn is going to be lining up against 
these wide receivers and he's going to be intercepting against either CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis might play in week 11. If the Titans are falling apart over there, they might. So he has a chance to play against three rookie quarterbacks. Are you kidding me? He's not going to get two interceptions. All he needs is two. And I just told you Dak Prescott's probably going to throw four in the game that they play. Are you kidding me right now? I'm shocked by this number. I'm shocked by it. So give me J.C. Horn over one and a half interceptions at minus 120. I already placed the bet because I'm that confident in it. So you should be selling my bags, Mason. I should be selling these. I'm gonna. We're gonna put these on the social media. Yeah, I know, right? So that's my that's my future play right there. What do you think, Tens? I really like it. He's a press corner. He likes to play man man with the number one wide receiver. Um. So he's definitely going to get targeted a lot, I think. And then they have a great pass rush. So the, the thing about creating interceptions is can the the defensive lineman put pressure on the quarterback to make him make a dumb throw? And J.C. Horn is an elite athlete who can make make quarterbacks mistakes. Like he can he'll pick them off. I mean, he's a very very talented guy, very good player. He's like going to be considered a top ten corner after this year. He's probably already right around there anyway. So I definitely like that pick. And it's fun to do a defensive one like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I kept looking at the offensive side, and I was like, what numbers pop out to me? And I was like, you know what? Let's go over it. Because if you haven't looked, look at some of the sacks and total tackles. They're fun to look at as well. I'm not too Mm -hmm. aware of those numbers as much, so I had to go back and do some research. But the J.C. Horn one really popped out after I looked at their schedule because I I could see this hitting like at week six or something, like week seven. Are you kidding me? There's 17 games in a in a season, so give it to me. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All Zach, right. you you have one. Or you want me you want me head on up? No, I gave mine earlier. It was no, no minus, minus eight hundred. All right, <laughs> to not make the playoffs. All right, then. Well, then I'm going to give out mine, and I've been tossing and turning from NFL to college and college back to the NFL and. I've been giving a lot of safe picks and I don't want that to speak to who I, who I am as a gambler because who I am as a gambler at my core is I love the big plus monies. I love to turn five into hundreds. And so I'm going to give out a very nice juicy pick and it is Christian McCaffrey to win offensive player of the year plus 1500. Now Christian McCaffrey, we're talking about running backs being devalued. I don't think there's a, one if there's one team in the NFL who values quarterbacks it's Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers the dude loves to run the football his dad created the outside zone running scheme that teams still use to this day I mean they when they run the football it is a work of art now Christian McCaffrey longtime Panther was traded last year and only got to play 12 total games including their playoff games um, with the 49ers He rushed for 865 yards, had 54 catches for 480 yards, and 11 total touchdowns. That was while learning a new system, moving across the country, all of these things. He's had the whole offseason to learn the system, get healthy, train all year. And the 49ers brought everyone back as far as all their playmakers. You still have got Debo. You've got Brandon Ayuk on the outside. You've got George Kittle running around like it's the WWE trying to just – he, the dude loves hitting people. He's like catching the ball as secondary. I just want to go block. I want to go take a linebacker's head off. 
And then they arguably have one of the best offensive lines in the league, followed by like left tackle Trent Williams, who's the scariest man in the NFL, first ballot Hall of Famer, six foot seven, three hundred plus pound guy who can run and be a lead blocker for Christian McCaffrey. That is a thing. That is a freight train blocking for that guy. So you're looking at a team full of playmakers that's going to be winning a lot of games. They play in a division that I think is kind of weak. Um, and the 49ers have an emphasis on running the football, especially with Brock Purdy. He's He hurt his elbow in the playoff game. They're probably going to try to ease him into the season. So I, I look to them to lean on Christian McCaffrey to start the year. Um, and they that this schedule that they have, the 49ers – are probably going to be the number one seed in the NFC because their schedule is crazy easy. I mean, they get to play the Rams and Cardinals twice. Uh, they get to play the Bucks, the Vikings, the Giants, all of these, and the Jags. All those teams I just listed are bottom tier run defense teams. Um, so I definitely see where Christian McCaffrey, not just as a running back, but as a receiver. I mean, just in twelve games, he had fifty four catches. There's guys who play full seasons at wide receiver that don't get that many catches, and he's a running back who can split out at receiver, and and Debo can go and switch to the to the running back slot. So you're looking at a guy who can get used in a lot of different ways. I bet him to win Offensive Player of the Year over MVP. MVP was like plus thirty five hundred, but that's a quarterback award. Unless you do something absolutely nuts, you, you're not going to win that award over a quarterback. So at plus 1,500, I think it's definitely worth going and taking Christian McCaffrey to win Offensive Player of the Year. Love it, Tens. And they're going to dump off a lot, and guess who is going to be there to catch the ball? They do a lot with him in the passing. So you need someone that is a two-way player with running and passing. Austin Eckler comes to mind, and then Christian McCaffrey. I love the pick. I do want to point out two things. I'm pretty sure George Kittle was actually – playing in the w or was it wwe yeah no he's he's so been pretty, in a couple, couple uh like wrestlemanias he's a very so fan that was pretty uh good pointing that out there because i was like oh he actually was in there and then i'm pretty sure you said that they had a weak schedule and you threw in the jags in there what was that about we're not very good at stopping the run oh I mean, so you didn't I, mean I, overall you didn't say it. oh <laughs> sorry i was i mean hands no they're playing under the bus they're playing like seven of the top or bottom 10 run defenses from last year. I mean, hopefully the Jags have improved that. That'd be nice, but I'd, I'm not going to count on Chris McCaffrey not having over 100 combined yards against us because the guy's a freak. Um, and this just, is our ninth episode of consecutive talking about the Jags. <laughs> I brought it up. That's just the me Jags. being funny. <laughs> out to the Jags. I don't know if you said weak. Uh, you may have just meant like run defenses. I, I meant really run know. defense. I don't know if I, I might not clarify that, but they get to play the Seahawks and Rams twice who are just, they're bad in general, but they're also two of the worst run defense teams in the league. And so I just see where he's going to be able to rack up yards running and receiving. So, I mean, as long as he stays healthy all year, I mean, he could be the number one total yards from scrimmage player. And I think that should warrant him He'll be at least in the you know final three for the award, and I mean at plus fifteen hundred, that's it's pretty nice. I mean you throw ten bucks on that for one fifty, it's it's a nice it's because they're going to be on prime time all year. So you you you're probably drafting Christian McCaffrey if you're drafting high in fantasy. You're going to watch a lot of 49ers games if you're watching prime time football. So might as well root for Christian McCaffrey to go off every week. That's true, Tins. Good point. Love it. All right, I think that's a wrap. So 
follow us on social media, like and subscribe, check out our Messing Around Monday episode. Guys, you got anything else? It's going to be hot. We already got some awesome plans for it coming up. We're ready for it. We appreciate you all listening to us.